Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here, and I'm glad to be with you today because we are talking not only about Northern Nevada real estate market and the statistics, but we're going to be talking with a guest that we have in the studio today about what's happening as well in Southern Nevada, specifically about commercial real estate. Joining me on the show today, Ben Gallus, Executive Vice President of Logic Commercial Real Estate right here in Reno, Nevada, but working all across the state. We're going to talk to Ben and get more information for you on the real estate market after this quick message. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. You're tuning in to 93.7 FM here in Northern Nevada, and we are broadcasting Nevada Real Estate Radio, talking about real estate and real estate for investors. My guest today in the studio, Ben Gallus, Executive Vice President at Logic Commercial Real Estate. Ben, welcome to our show. Peter, thanks for having me. It's been a while since you've been here, but uh, the market has uh, continued to change, of course, like it always does. But it's really interesting to see how things are happening, not only in the residential real estate world, Ben, but also in the commercial how long have you specialized in the commercial real estate world? I've specialized in uh, commercial for over 13 years, but I've been uh, licensed since I was a junior at UNR. So I've been licensed for over 23 years wow. now. Wow. Wow. That's a long time in the real estate world. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And the market has changed dramatically. And I'm talking not only about northern Nevada, but southern Nevada as well. We've seen a lot of ups and downs in the last few years. And you do a lot of work on social media, so I keep up with what's happening but Southern Nevada is really one of my interests today as far as commercial. I mean, you would think Las Vegas being Las Vegas, there's always a lot of action there. There's always people coming to move in. Heck, I just heard recently that the Oakland A's are looking to move their baseball team. That's a big commercial deal. That's really exciting. Yeah. And uh, so tell me, is, is Las Vegas, is Southern Nevada still hopping as, I, as a lot of us think it always has? Well, so I specialize in multifamily sales. And okay. so uh, when it comes to apartment buildings, uh, you know, they're, they're doing pretty well. Um, you know, obviously, the, the, the recent uh, increase in the interest rates has, I, I think, caused uh, a lot of changes throughout the market. And, mm-hmm. and there's definitely a lot less buyers because your buying power is a lot less. Uh, what's interesting about Las Vegas, and, and I went to a, a multifamily forum, and, you know, I think northern Nevada is an interesting market because we're a really diversified job market. And a good job market leads to a good multifamily or apartment market. Yeah. And, you know, we have gaming, we've got tech, we've got logistics, uh, manufacturing, distribution. Las Vegas is a little bit more uh, cited towards hospitality, gaming, uh, you know, and they have some different industries. Their industrial market's grown quite a bit of mm-hmm. distribution and everything, but they definitely are not as, as diversified. But kind of what, to your point on the Oakland A's, you know, they're thinking of their being a diversified 
diversified market is. They're going to get one of every sports team. Now that the yeah. A's are in the process, I mean, they haven't officially announced, but they've announced that they're buying the land sure. and going non-refundable with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the last is going to be pro basketball down in Vegas, and then they're going to have year-round ga- uh, sports uh, uh, tourism. Yeah, sports, pro sports activity is a great business generator. And, it, you know, a lot of people want to live close to their favorite sports team. So I would imagine that when the Oakland A's, if and when they move to Las Vegas, there's going to be some people that move there because they're the diehard A's fans. I just got to believe that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and boy, uh, Las Vegas is turning into Oakland now because now they got the Raiders, they <laughs> got it. the uh, A's. If only they could have got the Warriors, they, they'd have all of the uh, former teams that were playing in Oakland. Give them time. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I almost made a mistake and, and called it Oakland, Nevada. <laughs> Oakland, Nevada. No kidding. <laughs> but it's kind of turning into that. And I like what you say about the diversity that they're looking to build because when I moved to northern Nevada, to Reno, Nevada, in 2020, Ben, we didn't have a real diverse economy here then. It was pretty much strictly or, or focused on gaming and education, the university and gaming, the other things and gaming. Gaming was huge. And, and you know, when we had the mortgage meltdown in the early 2000s, uh, the market changed dramatically. And since then, of course, Tesla has come into the neighborhood, a lot of high-tech jobs. And uh, you know, a lot of the casinos in downtown Reno, they've closed they're turning yeah. them into other projects, multifamily yeah. at Harris someday, I guess, and other projects downtown. Uh, it's nice to see that diversity coming in our economics. Uh, our market is struggling, too, and challenged like everybody across the country. But when it comes to the residential market, we're still pretty strong. We're about 150 to $200,000 ahead, rather higher in median home price than the average across the country. And here's my thing right now, too. With this elevation of the interest rates, mm-hmm. uh, I look at it as, you know, over the past couple of years, there's been record low interest rates. Yeah. And to me, you know, if I have a, a house, I'm going to be motivated to not pay off that loan as opposed to wanting to sell that. I mean, right. that's going to keep me away from selling those properties. And uh-huh. I, I feel like the lack of inventory uh, coming up for sale, both on single family and multifamily, I think it's going to keep the pricing uh, elevated. And what's interesting is this is I, I, I've been calling this purgatory, a real estate purgatory, because there's no motivation in the market. There's no motivation for sellers to sell because they're, they got good debt. There's no motivation for buyers to buy because, well, the interest rates are a little too high and I'm not mm-hmm. seeing the returns that I want to get. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to last forever. Uh, but, you know, and there's still still movement in the market. It's it's just down significantly from, you know, as opposed to the first quarter last year. I think the sales volume is down like 60 or 70 percent as opposed to uh, this time last year. But the price per door isn't much different. Really? Really. Ben Gallus is my guest today. Ben is the executive vice president at Logic Commercial Real Estate here in northern Nevada. But, Ben, you do a lot of business in southern Nevada as well. If you had to put a percentage as to where your deals are coming from, the kind of work that you're doing, what's the ratio between Vegas and northern Nevada? I'm definitely still doing a lot more deals in northern Nevada. And and really, I've just started breaking into southern Nevada over the past year and a half. It is interesting just seeing the differences. And and one thing that we're not seeing in northern Nevada is we're not seeing a lot of delinquencies, not a ton of evictions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with high inflation, you would think, okay, lower wage earners are going to have a harder time paying their rent. Whereas in southern Nevada, delinquencies is pretty high. And not only that, uh, 
it, they're backlogged on their evictions, and really? uh, it's taken longer to evict tenants that aren't paying rent in, in southern Nevada. So it is interesting seeing kind of the differences, at least in the rental market of the two markets. Yeah. If somebody was to have invested, Ben, let's say five years ago in com- comparable pro- uh, projects, multifamily projects in southern Nevada and in northern Nevada, five years ago you bought one of each uh, where is the biggest challenge today? Would it still be in in southern Nevada, northern Nevada, or are they pretty well balanced? I do think, you know, you're probably going to see more more challenges come up in southern Nevada. Um, you know, I, I think there's actually going to be some, some loan distress in southern Nevada, uh-huh. whereas northern Nevada, I don't, I don't think there's been as many loans where, you know, they got a, a bridge loan where they're financing some of their improvement costs, uh, within the loan and came up with low down. So, you know, I, I think that with regards to that, I think Northern Nevada is going to do much better than, than Southern Nevada. Growth-wise, here's an interesting stat. You know, Northern Nevada, we have about 5,000 new apartment doors being built or or being delivered currently right mm-hmm. now. Las Vegas, it's 10,000. So think about that. Las Vegas is four times our size, yeah. yet they only have double the amount of doors that they're building. And so, you know, we we have a shortage of housing, although, you know, there, a lot of it is brand new class A that they got to charge high rents up here. Mm-hmm. And I do think for the next year or so, the newer projects will probably be competing a little bit, maybe with pricing, but definitely concessions. And like you say, because financing was so attractive just a year or two ago, Ben, and a lot of people that bought in the last two, three, four, five years or so that were able to get loans on their multifamily projects, on any project, quite frankly, at a much lower rate than today, well, it's really changed the dynamics of buying and selling. Like you said, why would somebody want to sell a project now knowing that they'd have to go buy a project or want to buy another project, but the interest rates would be so much higher? I I almost feel like we have to wait for prices to stabilize and lower or interest rates to stabilize and lower before there's going to be much action. I agree. So, Completely agree with so that. So what is the motivation today? What, what really motivates people to look at multifamily investments and say, you know what, that deal could turn some good numbers for me? What is it that people are looking at? Uh, you know, usually they look at a, uh, the capitalization rate or the cap rate on a property, which is basically the rate of return that you're getting. Mm-hmm. And overall in the market, uh, most of the deals in northern Nevada are trading around a five to a five and a quarter cap rate. And, and in general, depending on the type of loan, your interest rates are probably in the sixes. And mm-hmm. so if your interest rate is higher than your cap rate, you've got a negative leverage situation, mm-hmm. which, you know, hey, the cash flow isn't going to be good. Ideally, if your interest rate six, you want to get like a six and a quarter, six and a half, a higher cap rate than your interest rate that you're paying. Interesting. Is that, is that uh, a, a standard formula? Even if you have, let's say, 50% equity in a project, you put in 50% in cash, and then you get a, an interest rate of 6% on your loan for the balance of that 50%, you're still looking for a cap rate over 6 right? Yeah, I would say so. Although uh, I, I say that, and I look at different markets in California, because I, I do track some apartments in both you know the Bay Area and Southern California. 
L.A., everything is, a, is, is negative leverage. They're still trading deals in the three to four cap range, which, meaning their pricing still really high. Yeah. And, and those are big negative leverage situations. And it's not, it, it's not like they're not feeling the, the effects of everything, but, you know, bigger uh, metropolitan area, uh, you know, people are willing to, to pay, still pay those lower cap rates in those kind of markets. Whereas, you know, Reno's, you know, 500,000 MSA and, you know, they are more interested in having more of a cash flow uh, deal and not, not necessarily look trying to buy based off of potential upside in the future. Everybody's buying off of actuals as they are. Really? So today is the biggest and most important day for an investor's life. Absolutely. By conversation today, Ben Gallus, Executive Vice President of Logic Commercial Real Estate. When we come back from this message, I want to talk to Ben a little bit more about what's happening in southern Nevada, what the sales volume looks like, and maybe what the outlook is for the coming year, two or three down the road. Time goes so fast, we're almost there. We'll be right back. A gratifying career as a CSA Head Start teacher or early Head Start teacher is your chance of a lifetime. Hello, I'm Yvette Clark and I've been in Northern Nevada for over 50 years and I've worked at CSA for one year. We do a family restaurant style eating at Early Head Start and the kids try all new foods. We would love to have you join us. Give us a call if you're interested, 775-786-6023. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Good day to tune into our show. We're talking about commercial property, multifamily property specifically, in southern Nevada and northern Nevada with Ben Gallus. You know, one of the things I think about many times when I look at the future of real estate is I think about the buyers and sellers of those times. They're not ready to buy yet because they're just kids, a lot of these people. In fact, many of these kids are still in grade school, elementary school. These are the kids that we really need to focus on for our future, not only for real estate, but for taking care of our world. That's why I like to talk about Empower Youth Foundation. They're a great nonprofit organization here in northern Nevada, and this organization changes the lives of young people and their families through the science of learning. They use a power of custom curriculum and exclusive one-on-one instruction to give the gift of lifelong learning to at-risk youth. You know, I'm talking about the kids that can't afford to get after-school tutoring, the kids that can't afford to have anything extra in their financial plans for their family because maybe they can barely afford to do what they're doing right now. These kids are our future, and I encourage you to help them by visiting the website, Empower Youth foundation.org. A generous donation would be greatly appreciated. And if you can volunteer, well, you'll see that there's a lot of delight for your future as well as for the young children at Empower Youth Foundation. Ben Gallus is my guest today, Executive VP at Logic Commercial Real Estate. Ben, Logic has been around for a while. About four years. Excuse me, five years. I've been there for four years. So you joined the company right after it was formed. 
And specifically, it's all about commercial and multifamily, right? Correct. Yeah. We do have some retail office and industrial brokers, but my focus is just on multifamily. So you have an office. Your office is here in northern Nevada. Are there offices for uh, Logic in southern Nevada? Uh, Logic did originate in in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. and then uh, Reno is their second office that they've opened up. So there's two offices. When I look at the median home prices in northern Nevada versus southern Nevada, Northern Nevada is a lot stronger. Yeah. And I wonder why sometimes, because we were in such a pickle back in 2012. You know, back in 2012, we hit the low of median home price in Northern Nevada, $150,000. Oh, Lord. Can you believe that? Can't believe that. And now it's over $500,000. Yeah. I mean, the people that bought a home in 2012, 13, 14, they're geniuses. I mean, they got to be so happy with the deals that they struck. And I would imagine the same thing is true for multifamily. I used to work with people that were buying fourplexes, 12plexes units here in, in northern Nevada at that time, Ben. And there was a lot of uncertainty in their minds about what the future would hold because they were really extending themselves to purchase these multifamily units, hoping that there would be enough renters, hoping that rental prices would move up accordingly. And boy, they did, didn't they? They certainly did. And there's a few projects that I listed back in the early 2010s that I really do wish I would have bought. I I mean, (laughs) the the prices were really low at that point. But the people that you work with then that you helped get into those deals, Ben, they they must think you're, you're some kind of a sports or superstar hero in the world of real estate. I mean, even even with all that's happened, it's hard to believe that the prices have gone up that much. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about uh, northern Nevada is land's a scarce resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that report that came out maybe about a year ago that said, you know, we only have about five years of developable land left because the the, uh, um, the government owns the majority of the land in the state of Nevada. Right. And so we're, we're running out of land. Whereas I bought a rental property in Texas and I sent my wife out to go do the inspections. And I, I asked her, what'd you think? And she said, well, they can just continue to build. It's flat, and there's <laughs> lots of land. Seems to go forever. And there's just a huge supply of land, yeah. and, and that's different up here. And same thing in Vegas. I, you know, I think they do have a little bit more land to be able to grow and mm-hmm. expand. But, you know, water is going to be the challenge. There, that's Especially it. everything with the Colorado River and Lake Mead. And, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, we've, we've had a great uh, winter this year. The lakes are filling up, so are the streams. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we could somehow find a way to channel some of the northern Nevada water to southern Nevada, I'm sure they would be greatly appreciative. Only challenge is that when we go through a drought here in northern Nevada, we barely have enough for ourselves. Exactly. So southern Nevada, on one of your recent uh, posts on social media, you were talking about how sales volume is down 82% when compared to the first quarter of 2022. When I saw that number... It would really shock me because Las Vegas, it's the entertainment capital of the world. I don't quite understand how that could happen. Ben, can you give us some detail? Well, first off, the first quarter of last year, I, I can almost say with near certainty that end of February of 22 is probably the peak of the real estate market. In March is when the federal government started doing the uh, interest rate increases on the Fed funds rates. And that, that's really when things started to change. But the first quarter of last year, even in northern Nevada, there was an unbelievable amount of volume of prop- uh, multifamily properties trading. One of the, the big sales was the uh, ERGS portfolio, mostly in the North Valley. It's the largest uh, uh, single uh, real estate transaction in northern Nevada history. Uh, it was uh, something like uh, a thousand apartment doors for three hundred and some odd million. Mm. Uh, and there was a couple 
couple other portfolio uh, uh, sales where owners sold several apartments in one transaction, and it was a busy it was a busy time. And you know, hey, right now cost to borrow is is really high. Um, you know, I say that, but one thing of note is uh, of all the different commercial loan product types, apartment Fannie and Freddie loans are the lowest interest rates that you can get out there. I have a deal that I'm working on now. And believe it or not, they locked a sub five percent interest rate just about uh, you know a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah, and it's usually tied to the ten year, and ten year got down a little bit below three point three percent, and then you know they that that's ended up being what their rate was. A lot of listeners like myself, Ben, when we think about government loans for home purchases, well, we think about primary residences and the FHA mortgage, which allows an individual to purchase a fourplex as long as they move into one of them, they can rent out the others. But you're telling me that there are government loans available to help people wanting to buy multifamily as well. Sure. And they have minimum loan amounts. I think you have to have a, at least a minimum of a million loan amount. And they have different uh, uh, pools that, uh, that that they can lend from. But yeah, uh, and, and they're pretty good. They, you do need to have a pretty nice property. I mean, it basically has to be in pretty good shape, mm-hmm. uh, stabilized, at market rents. Uh, and, and those prime rates, they do want a lot more down. They're, sure. You're probably looking at 45, 50% down uh-huh. and, and pretty high debt coverage ratios. I mean, they want to make sure that they're getting paid off, but at the same time, you can get some pretty pretty good rates. When we're talking with people about buying primary residence or second homes here in Northern Nevada, some of the people we talk to, they say they're hesitant because of these quote-unquote high interest rates, like 6% is high. I remember when they were 12 and 13, Ben. Oh, yeah. But they're concerned about these high interest rates. But we remind them that they can always refinance down the road Sure. when they do this. And I'm sure the same thing is true with multifamily. Sure. The rates where they are feels high because the pricing is high as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in, in other markets, you're seeing the pricing, uh, maybe a little bit more motivation from, from owners in a geographic area, and that's bringing the pricing down. Mm-hmm. So you can offset with those rates. But uh, like I said, you know, just from what I'm seeing, you know, on looking at debt on, on properties, I don't see a lot of motivation coming on that side from owners. I, I think that... Uh, I feel that values, they'll be down a little bit, but then mm-hmm. it's not going to be down significantly. Even if things stabilize, at some point the world stabilizes, and people have to live someplace. People have to go to work. People have to have an income. And before long, people get adjusted to whatever is the current norm. And if this is the norm for the next five or ten years, which it very likely may be, uh, all of us are going to get back into the business of just living with what we have to work with today and hoping for a better future. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of optimism from some sides of the market. There's pessimism on the other side. But every day we have to start over, basically, and do the best we can with what we have to work with. A lot of people that I remember were telling me they didn't have cash in 2012. I was recommending to people, now is when you should buy a home. Look how low the prices are. And they say, oh, Peter, I don't have any money right now. You know, I just cash light. And next thing you know, in a few months, they found the cash. And I wonder if the same thing might be true in multifamily as well, Ben. Could it be that more cash deals are maybe coming in the future or bigger amounts of down payment? Have you seen any substantial change now that rates have gone up? Are people actually saying, well, with the interest rates up so high, we better put more money down to reduce that payment? Well, I'll tell you, I think there's a, there's a huge buyer pool. We talked earlier about, you know, 
most people wanting a positive leverage situation, there's a huge pool of buyers. If, if a rate of returns over six, there's a big buyer pool and deals will trade pretty quickly if they're at a six cap. But if you, uh, you know, assuming a, uh, the, the NOI stays the same, uh, the difference between a five and a six cap is mm. about 17% in value. Wow. So, the, so there's not a lot of motivation for sellers to take a 17% reduction in value. Mm-hmm. Uh, but deals are trading in the five, five and a quarter. But, you know, it's, it's a staring contest between buyers and sellers, at least on the commercial side. I call it the bid-ask situation. Mm-hmm. The, the buyer bid and the seller ask, there's such a gap between the two that, you know, there's very few situations where people are finding that middle ground, that meeting of the mind to make a make a deal come together right now. Yeah, sounds like uh, it's kind of like a two-person uh, poker game of some sort. Right. Uh, seeing how it works or maybe a two-person auction. So, uh, well, Ben, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the Southern Nevada area. Uh, I know that here in Northern Nevada, a lot of properties have, a lot of uh, gambling properties have converted to rental properties that turn into residential. I want to get to see if there's an update from that uh, in Southern Nevada. Have to take a break. Hang on. We'll be right back. While the kids are being cared for at Early Head Start, parents are able to maintain a job, go back to school, do whatever they need to do to support their family. Hi, my name is Miss Camilla. I work for Early Head Start. I am in the baby room. I absolutely love it. I love working with the babies. They are newborns to one-year-olds and it's just very, very heartwarming. If you want a great job and love kids, come see us at Head Start and Early Head Start. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, Call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm enjoying my conversation with Ben Gallus, but I wanted to take a break a bit from our conversation so we could talk a little bit about what's happening on the national scene. We always give you the local stats, local updates on home buying, home selling, but how does that compare across the country? Well, last month, home sales fell to the sluggish start to the critical spring selling season because of higher mortgage rates that squeeze the energy from the previous month and continue to have an impact this month. U.S. existing home sales decreased 2.4% from the month prior to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of $4.44 million, according to the National Association of Realtors. Those sales last month fell 22% from last year. That's unbelievable. In fact, the month marked the 13th time in the previous 14 months that sales have slowed. The housing market has typically been surprisingly strong in the winter, and it was this last winter, when sales rose a revised 3.75 from the previous month. But after mortgage rates moved up higher again, March sales resumed that decline that looks like it's going to continue for a while. Now, this housing market slowdown is starting to really weigh in on the pricing. They've fallen on an annual basis for two consecutive months across the country, and that's for the first time two consecutive months in 11 years. 
the national median existing home price was declined by almost 1% from March from the previous year, down to $375,700. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the biggest year-over-the-year price drop since January of 2012. Remember 2012? That's when we hit an all-time low here in northern Nevada of home prices during the 2000s. $150,000 was our median home price right here in Reno, Nevada. Well, since then across the country, median prices, which aren't seasonally adjusted, were down 9.2% from a record $413,800 in June. That is about $200,000 difference from what happens here in northern Nevada. Home prices in the western half of the U.S. have experienced some of the biggest gains for many years, but now they're falling the fastest when you compare them across other areas of the country. The U.S. housing market slows dramatically. This past year, rising mortgage rates again continue those home prices being low, lower, and low inventory. Well, that frustrates buyers too. So with this cooling economy that we have, with uh, stubbornly high inflation and the prospect of recession in the next 12 months, well, it's keeping a lot of buyers on the sidelines. There's a lot of people that are very unhappy with President Biden's administration. So many problems are happening since he took office. With Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank failures, uh, it's just amazing. Mortgage rates have been fluctuating in recent months, uh, up and down, 20-year highs above 7% in the, uh, this last fall. The average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage recently was 6.39%. That's up from 5.11% a year earlier, and the first increase after five straight weeks of minor declines. But when you really think about it, ladies and gentlemen, two years ago, you could get a mortgage interest rate in the neighborhood of 2.75 to 3%. So it has dramatically gotten worse under the current administration. Other housing data is also pointing to slower activity in housing starts, which are a measure of U.S. home building. Well, they've fallen almost 1% in the month between March going into February. The Commerce Department has uh, given us those information, uh, information bits, residential permits, which can be also a big bellwether for future home construction. Guess what? They dropped across the country by almost 9%. This housing market slowdown shows one of the main ways that the Fed's aggressive interest rate increases are really rippling and ripping through the economy. You know, people just can't afford to buy homes at these prices, at these high interest rates, when the Fed continues to raise interest rates just so that they can control the the inflation that they themselves caused. Unbelievable, really, how they're handling it. And, you know, housing is really one of the most rate-sensitive economic sectors in the world. And housing costs, high housing costs, they have been one of the absolute biggest contributor to inflation across the country and across this administration. This spring's activity could still pick up over the next couple of months, of course. Everybody expects that to happen when we're looking at springtime. And if mortgage rates can somehow ease a little bit more, make sellers a little bit more comfortable listing because they'll know buyers are there, well, things can possibly get better. But it is likely to be softened that that increase of activity compared with the housing boom that we had, which extended from mid-2020 to early 22, when low mortgage rates and the desire for more space 
during the quote-unquote pandemic led to a big surge in demand in purchasing homes. Most people that bought in recent years, well, they don't need to move again. That's one thing, you know, that's in their hip pocket. And many homeowners are reluctant to give up their low mortgage rates that they got just a few years ago uh, because, you know, that why would you do that when knowing that you've got to get a, another home, you've got to go to the shopping process, and then you've got to get out and get a mortgage unless you're paying full cash, and that's going to put a big strain on your finances compared to what you've got today. So demand has really run its course, according to a lot of people. And now many real estate agents feel that all they're left with are leftovers or people who miss the boat. Home prices were declining recently, most in the West. But in other parts of the country, prices are still rising a little bit year after year because inventory homes for sale is unusually low all across the country. Now, home prices continue to rise in regions where the jobs being added uh, increase the housing demand and if housing is relatively affordable. Well, the more expensive areas of the country are, they're adjusting to those lower prices because they have a lot of space and a lot of homes. You see, nationally, there were 980,000 homes for sale or under contract at the end of March. Now, that's up just 1% from February, but up 5.4% from March of last year. At the current sales pace, there was a 2.6-month supply of homes across the country on the market through the end of March. The number of homes for sale is up from a year ago, mostly because houses, houses are sitting on the market longer. But the number of new listings in March is the big concern. They fell 20% from a year earlier, according to Realtor.com. And keep in mind, real estate uh, inventory typically rises in the spring when sellers want to take advantage of the busiest buying season of the year. But everybody has the same question. Who's going to win? Are the buyers going to show up and take up all the inventory that's out there? Or will we still sit, be sitting and waiting for more homes? So who knows? There was a gentleman from Chicago in the suburbs recently who was in the real estate business. Uh, in early 2022, he decided to keep renting because of the available houses in their budget for his family that he wanted to buy. They just needed way too much work. And then he tried house hunting again in early 2023. There was more inventory to choose from, but the mortgage rates had risen, so much so that they increased their monthly payments almost beyond their limits. Well, this, this individual finally bought a home in March for about three sixty nine. Uh, he was lucky that he got it below listing price, but that's really what it takes. You have to really, really work on the deals to purchase in order so they can be affordable for you to pay the mortgage. Now, homes typically go under contract a month or two before a contract closes. So some of the sales data that we've been talking about largely reflects purchases and decisions made in February and January. A lot of people, they they in the real estate world, they think that they've hit kind of the bottom in terms of pricing. Maybe it's not as competitive as it was at the same time last year, but there is certainly a lot of homes out there that people want to sell. They just are afraid to put them on the market. So that's where you get that really low inventory problem. Here in northern Nevada, we know we have a lot of demand on our homes, and that's the good news I call Northern Nevada a high-priced area across the country because our median home prices are about $150,000 to $200,000 higher than what you see on the average across the rest of the U.S. 
So keep that in mind if you're struggling to look for a home and find a home here in northern Nevada. Maybe you need to look a little bit outside of the area. Now I want to think talk a little about something that I hear a lot about on TV and some of the late night shows that I watch. The commercials talk about theft. Have you heard about that? Somebody actually steals the title or the deed from your home? Well, recently it was reported in the news that the Supreme Court has taken up home equity theft. There's a lady named Geraldine Tyler who never thought she'd end up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, especially at the age of 94. But she also never imagined the government would seize her Minneapolis home, sell it, and leave her without a home or any money. You see, she's a victim of what's often called home equity theft. But this form of robbery isn't criminal. In fact, it's legal in a dozen states. The Supreme Court, which hears oral arguments this week on Tyler versus Henprin County, has the opportunity to end these predatory tax foreclosures once and for all. You see, Ms. Tyler's trouble began when she moved into a senior residence in 2010 and fell behind on her property taxes. Now, she ended up owing the county roughly $2,300. After tacking in the penalties, interest, and all the other costs, that debt went up all the way to $15,000. So to collect, the county seized the property and sold this one-bedroom condo for $40,000. Now, she only owed $15,000 in tax debts and fees, and you would think that the county would settle the $15,000 debt and return the balance, you know, $25,000 to Ms. Tyler. But guess what? The county took all $40,000 and left her with nothing to show for her only significant asset. Ms. Tyler fought back, and the justices will soon decide whether the government violated the Constitution by confiscating the total value of her former home. The most, most state street property tax collections lack other debts, and they only take as much as the government is owed. But Minnesota is one of the 12 states plus District of Columbia that regularly take a windfall when collecting delinquent property taxes. Several more states that typically protect property tax debtors have created special loopholes that allow the government to take a windfall so long as it uses the property for public purposes. As a result, thousands of owners are robbed of their equity every year. That, that is just shocking, shocking, shocking news for us here in the radio station. And that's only the tip of the iceberg, since the recent studies can only examine a limited sample of foreclosures in these states. The total losses suffered by debtors, usually elderly, sick, or poor, well, they're shocking. In Massachusetts alone, the government took $56 million in equity between August of 2013 and July of 2014, according to research by the University of Massachusetts law professor Ralph Clifford. Given the support from dozens of groups across the political world, including the AARP, the American Civil Liberties Union, and the American Taxpayers Union, legal aid groups in eight states and many free market think tanks, ground is really shifting, and we're trying to take a we're all trying to take a bigger look and harder look at home equity theft, regardless of whether it's from an individual or from your own state government. Unbelievable that that can happen when it. When it happens, well, we can help people like Ms. Tyler uh, help her get her home back and help others fight back when injustice is being imposed on U.S. citizens by our own state, local, or federal governments. We're going to continue our conversation with Ben Gallus from Logic Commercial Real Estate. Find out a little bit more about the Southern Nevada multifamily market after this message. 
If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 Today we're talking with Ben Gallus, Executive Vice President of Logic Commercial Real Estate here in Northern Nevada, and we're talking about the, some of the differences between Southern Nevada, Northern Nevada. Uh, one thing that we always look at when we travel from North to South is we always look at the populace. What's it looking like? What are the residents uh, talking about? And this last year, it's been a lot about education still. Everywhere we go, people are concerned about the education of our young children. And today I want to talk a little bit about the youngest of all the children. I'm talking about the newborns up to five years old. These are the kids that need to have some guidance, especially in these tough times, on how to become good students when they get to kindergarten, first grade. I'm talking about Head Start and Early Head Start programs. Here in Northern Nevada, we have some great programs from Community Services Agency. They have Head Start programs available in Fernley, Carson City, Reno, Sparks, and Sun Valley. And they do a great job educating these young kids, not only in their colors and their reading, but in social skills, dealing with other students, dealing with other adults. I encourage you to think about helping out at Community Services Agency in their Head Start and Early Head Start programs. They're looking for Head Start teachers. In fact, if you're a retired teacher, you'd be a perfect candidate. Flexible hours, great benefits, excellent pay. You'll be amazed at Community Services Agency. Give them a call, 775-786-6023 or visit the website, csareno.org. Ben Gallus is in the studio with me today. He's the Executive Vice President at Logic Commercial Real Estate. Ben, I was talking about how here in Northern Nevada, a lot of the gaming properties and even even other large buildings, well, they decided to slow down their gaming operations and, in fact, turn their facilities into residential properties. I remember talking to somebody about Southern Nevada, and that person said to me, whenever a casino gets old and outdated, they don't remodel it. They just tear it down and build a new one. So what's it like in Southern Nevada? Are there any conversions from gaming properties that you know of to residential? Well, like you said, I, I think the majority of the time, if a uh, building is old and you know dilapidated, uh, <clears throat> they, they usually will just demo it and then build something brand new on the site. Uh, you know, they, they are doing the new hard rock and they're just building a, a guitar shaped building next to the Mirage. There's one example. Mm-hmm. And, and there's always chatter that uh, the Rio is going to 
probably uh, shut down and and maybe you know get demoed and and have something else built on that site. So te- they tend to not repurpose the existing buildings, whereas some of the the, the buildings in Reno, like the old Harrah's now the Reno City Center, you know, hey, we're going to try and re, re, refurbish this, reinvent, reinvent the property into yeah. something new. Yeah, I was reading in one of the national publications just today, Ben, that in New York City, a lot of office buildings are going unleashed. Many of the tenants, uh, they're finding that so many of their workers are either working remotely, uh, don't want to work in the downtown area, they feel like they can do more things in a virtual sense, that uh, there's just a lot less demand for office spaces in New York City and maybe other cities across the country. Anything similar going on in southern Nevada that you know of? Uh, well, Blackstone, you know, big institution, they just gave back a, a, about a million square foot office property down there. Um, but office in general, like you said, live, uh, work from home uh, has really affected a lot of markets. And mm-hmm. I was talking to some bank asset managers and, you know, the default rates on office are going to be pretty high. But I think banks are going to do whatever they can to not foreclose because they don't want to take them back. Here's a crazy stat for you. And this was actually, I think, in the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, You know, BART writing into San Francisco is down like 80 or 90 percent from pre-COVID levels. Think about that. That many people don't want to go into the city, San Francisco, to, to go work. They'd rather work from home. But for, for BART, which is the public transportation system, to be, you know, the people riding that down 80 or 90 percent, that's a significant amount of traffic. Well, that's huge. Yeah, that, that's going to be a hardship on BART. But it's also telling you that downtown San Francisco is going to have some issues. They have to with that oh, many yeah. less people coming in. And I would imagine most of those people are coming in to work. And yeah. most of them coming in to work in some of the high-rise buildings. Yeah, and well, the homeless problem is pretty rough in San Francisco. Uh, last time I was in San Francisco was in 29, October of 2019, and I was wearing a suit. And a homeless guy came up to me, and I figured he's going to ask me for a dollar. And he said, do you have a grand for me? And I said, a grand? Wow, this is before the inflation <laughs> got really high. But uh, so, you know, it, it, and I think it's, it's tough for people, especially if you're like with a sales force or some other kind of professional tech company or whatnot. Uh, why not work from home? And during COVID, a lot of those people came out to northern Nevada, the Tahoe Basin, you know, get a better quality of life and not live that more dense uh dense, you know, downtown living kind of kind of situation. Yeah. Southern Nevada, uh, always interesting for people not only in Nevada to know about, but all across the country. At some point, almost everybody in America ends up in Las Vegas for a visit, for a tour, for a vacation. It is still the entertainment and the sport, now the sports capital of the world, Ben. Uh, do you feel like Vegas is going to continue to grow as it has uh, is it an optimistic feeling that you have when you're working in Las Vegas? Yeah, yes. I, I do think they're going to have some challenges uh, that are a little unique to them because uh, it is more of a, of a transient population typically just because of how how massive the gaming and the tourism is to uh, Las Vegas. But I'll tell you, you know, a lot of the outlining areas uh, are, are just beautiful. Summerlin, uh, Henderson. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful areas. And, mm-hmm. and on, on the flip side, I mean, you know, uh, I like to say that the Class A properties, the really, really nice ones in Vegas are a lot nicer than the ones up here. But the low-end housing is, is a lot lower than than our low-end mm-hmm. housing here. And mm-hmm. so they've got 
significantly farther spectrums of, uh, of, of how that works. But, you know, overall, I think, uh, you know, they're a big feeder for L.A., people trying to get out of L.A. And mm-hmm. L.A. is doing a lot of favors, especially with, you know, the, the rent control measures that they have, you know, the, the uh, estate tax, uh, or the mansion tax, I think is what they called it, that just took effect April 1st. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for people to not just move their money out of California, but to move themselves out. It's really so sad. California is such a beautiful state, and so many people love visiting and have loved living there. But the government in California really has make it, made it difficult for really anybody to live in California except for those that don't have to pay to live in California. We're talking about the big homeless populations yeah. uh, all across and up and down the, the, the coast. Ben, I'm hopeful that in the coming um, months, in the coming years, Somebody somehow, some way, will find a way to stabilize things in California, because instability in California has really caused a lot of instability in other parts of the country. That's a great point. Nevada is experiencing many, many growth challenges here in northern Nevada, southern Nevada too, because of that migration from our neighboring state right next door. It's so easy to drive over here. Here in, in Reno, we're only half an hour at the most away from California. So a lot of people just find it easier and maybe more relaxing to live and to do business here in uh, in our state. Nevada is wonderful, but one of the things I loved about it when I moved here is, is eroding, and that is that there weren't a lot of people that lived in Nevada. I love open space. I love big, wide open streets and neighborhoods, and that part is slowly being faded away. I know there's talk uh, about possibly reallocating some federal land to private ownership in Nevada. There was talk from Senator Jackie Rosen recently that we were discussing here on our last show, and hopefully that will help alleviate some of the situations. However, uh, just a little bit more land maybe won't make a whole lot more difference when you have such a huge migration coming into Nevada. That has to be a big part of your work as well, dealing with out-of-state visitors, out-of-state buyers, Ben. And supply is is just the challenge. We don't have enough housing. Our apartment vacancy in northern Nevada is uh, last report that just came out uh, about a week ago or two, uh, about 3%. Whereas southern Nevada, the vacancy is like 6.5%, 7%. So, uh, you know, hey, the housing market is tight. And not only that, you can't build, uh, quote-unquote, affordable housing between the cost of the land, the cost of labor, cost of material. Uh, it's just really, really expensive to build. And you have to charge Class A or high-end rent to be able to meet that investment. And so, I don't know, something's got something's to budge on that. Either we need more land to where you know, it makes the land a little bit cheaper where builders want to build, or maybe uh, labor costs come down, maybe material costs will, will keep eking their way down. Uh, but something's got to break there. And hopefully the Fed will give us a break in interest rates before too long, because I think that would be a big factor in getting uh, some relief to potential buyers. And that would help potential sellers too, because there would be more of an interest in buying property sure. if the interest rates are lower. If somebody wants to get started in the world of multifamily investing, let's say somebody owns you know, a few rental properties, uh, they're single-family homes, but maybe they want to take that next step, uh, it may not look like the best time, but a lot of times in the past, some of the best opportunities come when it doesn't look like a good opportunity. 
there are hidden opportunities out there possibly. What would a person need to do to start getting in line, start getting things prepared so they could look at maybe picking up a, a multifamily property, even if it's a small eight or 12 unit project? Well, and, and I think if you start off like your scenario where, hey, if you have, have a few rental houses, I've built up some equity. I mean, that's a great start. Number one, I think you should start uh, buying single family houses as investments and, and manage it yourself so you understand, you know, what that takes and, and you know, the pros and cons. And, you know, once you're kind of comfortable with that, moving into something that's a more diversified, more doors, all in one location, mm-hmm. get a little, a little bit more scale, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm, I'm a big advocate of people uh, doing that because over time, you know, you own all these houses, you want to improve your cash flow. Uh, you know, and eventually, you know, like myself, my rental properties are my retirement. So, uh, you know, I I want that good cash flow when I'm 65, 70. Uh, I really, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to work till I'm 100 years old, Peter. But, uh, you know, when I, when I want to take a day off, I, you know, I have other cash flow coming in and that's Mm. a great part of multifamily properties. Well, uh, investment property really does allow you to avoid retirement because that, that income, that cash flow continues to come in. Obviously, there is always work involved, but when you get to the point where you have a property manager and you have assistance in managing your properties, it can be a great way of life so that you can avoid retirement. That's a good good philosophy and a good plan for the future, Ben. Yeah, that's the goal. Ben, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, talk more about multifamily investments, any part of Nevada, what is the best way to reach you? They can call me at 775-750-6429. I'm just used to saying my phone number twice. I call, call a lot of people and leave a lot of messages, so I always say it twice. No worries. It's very wise to do that. We're all so busy. Sometimes we have very short attention spans. A great way, though, I'll put your information on our website, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com, attached to the link to the podcast of this radio show after it airs on 93.7 FM. Ben, I want to thank you again for coming into our show and invite you to come back somewhere down the road. Oh, you know I will. Thank you, Ben. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today as well. We're on the air again next week, same time. Same station, tell your friends and family to tune in too. Then they can make a great deal when it comes time to buy or sell investment or multifamily property. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? NevadaRealEstateRadio.com Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. CSA puts all resources into the classroom so you get more time for planning and one-on-one time with the students. I'm Sheila. I'm born and raised here in Reno, Nevada, and I currently work at Early Head Start. I work with the one- to two-year-olds. It's very exciting to see the growth, not only with the children, but as well with the families. If you enjoy making a difference in kids' lives, Please come join us here at Early Head Start or Head Start at csareno.org. There is risk in owning investment real estate in your personal name. Sage International Incorporated, a local business, has been helping new and seasoned real estate investors with their real estate investment strategy by forming LLCs, series LLCs, and corporations to protect their real estate assets. Call 775-786-5515 for a free 30-minute consultation. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. Next time on the Sherry Hill Show, I have Mark Mears, Chief 
Growth Officer for Leaf Growth Ventures, LLC. And we're talking about his new best-selling book, The Purposeful Growth Revolution, Four Ways to Grow from Leader to Legacy Builder. Tune in. Learn more. The Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. on 93.7 FM. The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.